Welcome to The Gentle Podcast, a space where you can take off the mask and be your full self. Here we have conversations to nourish your mind, body and spirit on your journey home to you, the real you. I am your host, Rachel White, a coach, speaker and author here to guide gentle souls just like you to expand in vitality and freedom while connecting to and expressing their higher, most authentic self. Let's get into this episode. This episode was a session from the Trust Summit that I ran online in my Gentle Souls Facebook group. The content and all of the speakers was so amazing that I felt like I had to share it in the podcast as well. You might hear a little bit of interaction through the live comments that were coming through during each of these sessions and they were just so good. So please enjoy. Amazing, amazing. Welcome everyone to the second session of the Trust Summit today. Welcome, Alex. Hello, everyone. Amazing. So Alex is an intuitive eating coach that helps women across the globe make peace with food and their body so they can live their life free from food obsession and yo-yo dieting. Alex is a passionate advocate for self-love and learning to respect and trust your body so that it can serve you. Alex, do you want to just start off by talking a little around intuitive eating, food obsession? What has been your personal journey with these topics and how are you using that experience to go into your coaching work that you're doing now? Yeah, awesome. Um, so my my personal experience is really the whole reason why I got into this in the first place. Um, so my business is called The Diet Breakup. So it's all about ditching the diet, learning how to trust your body and um, learning the fundamentals of intuitive eating. And the reason that I'm so passionate about it is because um, going back into my story, um, I had kind of a, a big history of an eating disorder that I had for about five years. Um, my, I guess the story started when I was, I guess, you know, 15 or 16 and I decided to go on my very first diet and then lost some weight um, and the compliments started to roll in. And then about a couple of years into it, things started to turn a little bit toxic for me. Um, food kind of became this complete obsession where I would weigh myself multiple times a day. I counted every single calorie that went into my mouth. I knew how many calorie, calories were in a, literally about anything. I would do crazy things like exercise nonstop um, and just completely abused my body. Um, and then it ended up being a, an eating disorder for about five years, which was bulimia. So when I moved back to Melbourne from where I was living, I was living overseas at the time, I moved back to Melbourne and that's kind of where the bulimia really, really took its grip on me because I was turning to food for comfort in a time where I was really, really lonely. Um, and then what happened is I kind of like went in and out of recovery over the five years. It took me a long time to kind of get better. And I became a personal trainer in the process and I started to take on clients. Um, 
being someone who was like really into exercise and um, healthy eating or healthy eating, I guess you could say, um, I decided that that's the kind of path that I wanted to take. So I became a personal trainer and um, I started taking on clients. And it was really interesting because the clients were literally like a mirror to myself. They struggled with very, very similar issues, especially around eating. It was this very black and white approach of them yo-yo dieting or being really really strict for the whole week only for the weekend to come and then they completely blow out so their results could never really be stable because they had this, had such an unhealthy relationship with food um, and I was still kind of still trying to um, I guess find my ground with eating as well and I just found it so interesting that all of these people around me were struggling with such similar things. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led me into this journey of intuitive eating and really finding my way back to myself, um, which is how I like to look at it is like that whole recovery journey was really just learning the language of my own body and really learning how to trust who I am. Beautiful. What would you say the difference is between like healthy eating and intuitive eating? Yeah. So um, I think one of the biggest issues is that people like to label their foods as healthy and unhealthy. And there's a sort of emotion um, connected to these, to this kind of um, behavior. So when you're eating healthy, you feel good. You feel like you've been good. Whereas if you eat unhealthy, you feel like you've been bad. And there's that guilt and that shame component to it. Intuitive eating is more so about, it's still coming from such a nourishing place where you want to nourish your body. You want it to feel good. But what intuitive eating is mostly about is it's about tuning in and listening to how the food makes you feel listening to when you feel hungry listening to when you feel full listening to what your body needs in that moment and sometimes it's a giant salad filled with vegetables and sometimes it's a brownie and a coffee and there's no judgment or emotion associated to either those things it just is mm, I love that explanation and in like labeling food as healthy, unhealthy, good or bad, that you're so right that it then leads to us labeling as ourself in those ways. And I hear so many people say, oh, I've had a bad day today because they ate a slice of cake. Or yeah. like, I did really bad. I did really wrong. And using that kind of language around eating is so harmful because we eat every day like it's something it's language that we're using every day and keep reaffirming mm -hmm. um some jake's just commented saying what a fabulous way to look at it so. i'm glad yes yeah so what was um actually i'll rephrase that so in terms of intuitive eating a big part of being intuitive is listening to messages and with eating it's listening to the messages with your body mm -hmm. someone that's like this is such a foreign concept of knowing how they feel when they eat within their body what are some like practices or some things to be aware of how can we begin to really trust that our body is gonna tell us what we should or eat, what we should eat or what's going to nourish us in the best way so I, I want to first start by answering that question and tell you that you have all of the wisdom and knowledge inside of your body that you could possibly ever imagine. 
Like yeah. your body is so, so intelligent. And I'm so, so passionate about this because what intuitive eating is, it's a whole bunch of unlearning rather than learning. So when you came into the world, you were born an intuitive eater. You would cry when you were hungry. You would push away when you were full. And when you were a child, you would you were quite joyful around food and you would eat little bits and pieces. And if you felt like the cookie, you would have the cookie. Um, but over time, diet culture or our surroundings kind of beat this out of us. And we're taught things by diet culture like this is good and this is bad. Being thin is better than being this weight so we're really conditioned and taught to to believe in these um, ways of thinking when in reality they're completely wrong so for someone who has who has lived their life and they've struggled around food and their body and their weight for for a long time what I want to say is that it it really is unlearning some of the BS that you have been taught over the years. And this can be really, really hard, which is why um, why I became an intuitive eating coach because that support is so needed in, in a space where you, you really just don't know where to start. So what's um, something that I always get my clients to do is to start with what I call structured eating. And it's sounds counterintuitive because it does sound like another diet but over the years when you've ignored your hunger cues or you've overeaten or you've struggled with binge eating you have this uh, fractured relationship with your body your body doesn't trust you because at the end of the day why would it because you've ignored its hunger hunger cues you've abused it you haven't treated it very well so why would it trust you the good news is that your body is um very quick to bounce back but you have to show it that you're going to start treating it with love respect and that it will be fed so structured eating is like this process that I usually get my clients to do for about four weeks where we plan out what their favorite foods are so getting back to basics of what you actually really really like to eat and incorporating them into your diet so we'll have like breakfast lunch dinner and we'll come up with some snacks along the way and it's just this process of eating every three hours so that you can build this trust with your body that it is going to be fed and it doesn't have to go hungry anymore and it doesn't have to go into all of these dips of restriction to binge, restriction to binge. It's it's right. just this steady intake of nourishing, delicious foods that you love. And a lot of the time what my clients find is that the foods that they thought that they loved so much, they don't actually really love. It was just this, um, it was just this thing about it being so forbidden and and guilty you know it's like that guilty pleasure that everyone has but when you really allow yourself to have it you realize it doesn't really have that much power over you Mm. yeah I love that like structured eating instead of calling it a diet and that it is it's always going to be a short-term thing because sometimes we need that period of control to decondition and to almost reset to then step into our full intuitive state and I like I love how you worded it as in it's more about um I can't remember how you exactly worded it but it was about deconditioning and um unlearning things as opposed to learning new things because we do we already know what we want to eat at a at a deeper intuitive level and when you were talking about um how as babies we um we cry when we're hungry we push away when we're full and it just made me think about how 
we get so conditioned around food as children like in your household it might have been like for breakfast you have a piece of toast or a bowl of cereal like that is breakfast and that's conditioning around that and whatever other food habits your family had and that could be what we just think is normal because we were conditioned to believe that yeah and just on the back of that like if you think about there is we we live in one of the most technology advanced times ever right Mm -hmm. so we have access to knowledge around food and nutrition and exercise all across google all across facebook all Mm -hmm. across facebook groups magazines books there is so much information out there yet people are still deeply confused about what they should be eating and how they should be moving and the answer to that is that there is no one right way and the only one right way is to really connect and get real with what your body is saying to you because it speaks to you every single day and it's giving you feedback if you're eating a certain food and it's making you feel sick that's feedback that your body is giving you that it's not right for it Mm. and sometimes we can trick ourselves into believing that things are natural like um, like everyone just has digestive issues or, or everyone sometimes does this but just because things are really common doesn't mean it's normal because food is meant to nourish us if we're having a reaction that is uncomfortable or something we don't want to experience straight after we eat food or, or even sometimes it's a bit of a delayed response like even if that's really common it, it doesn't mean that we need to continue to experience that yeah completely yes agreed yeah so what are some of the ways that um you might like to speak from personal experience or or what your clients have experienced with the different ways that your body might be speaking to you when it's wanting to affirm that a food is nourishing and and is something to continue having Mm -hmm. so when especially when it comes to food what you eat when you eat something that feels good to your body, you will know in the sense that it will feel like it's nourishing you. And, uh, you know, there is definitely more to the process of intuitive eating around like slowing down and like chewing your food and like being really mindful with it. But it's also, there's, there's different senses that we can play into, whether it's like the taste and that pleasure of the food or, um, or how the food is actually feeling in our body and how energized we feel after it. So, for example, you know, I don't necessarily always feel great after I eat a brownie, but I'm coming from that pleasure that pleasurable place of that's what I would like to experience. So um, what I like to label my foods, foods as is nourishing foods and play foods. So there's no longer this component of this is good and this is bad. It's just about the nourishing foods that I eat most of the time that keep me energized and keep me feeling really good that I'll, that I'll eat on a consistent basis. And then play food is more about like the company that I'm in and enjoyment and um, experience. So Mm. it's kind of being able to combine the two um, and create your lifestyle from that perspective. Yeah. And so Colleen has just asked, why do we have cravings? Cravings, yes. I like this question because, you know, hunger um, hunger is something that comes on I guess, quite um, slowly. Like we don't instantly feel like I need to eat right now, whereas a craving comes like that, 
right? It just kind of comes into our head. Um, so a lot of the work that I do with my clients is starting to get real on what I like to call a spiritual hunger, which is what are you actually really hungry for? Yeah. So, you know, if you're if you've got this really strong craving for ice cream or if you've got this really strong craving for brownies, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, you know, if you are, if you do have cravings, I do highly recommend that you have that bowl of ice cream when you, or you have that brownie. But it's getting real with yourself and asking yourself questions like, OK, what am I really hungry for right now? Is it connection? Is it play? Is it are you feeling really unsatisfied in your career at the moment? It's kind of looking at your life from this holistic perspective to really look at what's really going on here. And if it is that you are just craving a bowl of ice cream or if you are just craving that brownie, then that's fine. But it's kind of looking at your life from that really holistic perspective to understand how, how are these cravings feeding you and is it is it a spiritual hunger? Are you looking for, um, for something to nourish your soul? because when we are intuitive eating even if we're just say we're craving craving a bowl of ice cream if that's what our intuition is telling us then we can eat that and feel really good about it but if we're in a habit of labeling food like ice cream is bad Mm. and then we have a craving for ice cream we think oh no I can't eat that and then we create this resistance that creates more internal struggle than actually just so there's three questions that you can ask yourself before you go to eat this craving and it's am I hungry am I trying to fill an emotional void and will I feel deprived if I don't eat this and then once you answer these three questions you get to decide if you want to eat the food so Is it something that is just that guilty pleasure that I'm really attracted to right now? Is it an emotional void or am I just really hungry and I'll benefit from like a proper substantial lunch? Because a lot of the time our cravings can also come from the fact that we are quite underfed. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, they're really powerful questions. I might post them so everyone can refer back but yeah and I think just giving that little pause to ask yourself questions can just help to reframe instead of just like okay I have a craving grab it mindlessly eat it and then feel guilty or whatever else yeah completely yes amazing so in terms of trusting your body um food obsession yo-yo dieting all the things that you talk about what do you think is really important? What's a really important topic to dive into next? Um, I think one of the things that fuels me the most about what I do is that dieting and food obsession gets women in particular who I work with, but this applies to both men and women. Um, it gets in the way of them actually living their true purpose or living in alignment with their with their life. And this is also something that I am so, so passionate about because when I work with my clients and I ask them things like, okay, well, if money weren't a factor, what would you be doing? They kind of go into this state where it's complete flow state and nothing else matters. There's, there's no worry about their body or calories or food obsession instantly it's like this fire is ignited in within them so a lot of the time when I work with my clients over eight weeks towards the end of it there's this spark in their eye or this 
fire that is ignited with them because they've got room in their life to start thinking about the things that they're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. So for me, as a personal experience, when I was a chronic dieter and I was yo-yo dieting or I was dealing with my eating disorder, this took up literally all of my time all of my headspace was focused around what my next meal was, how many calories I ate that day, what my weight was at the end of the day. My whole life was consumed by these thoughts. So when I recovered and I started to delve into intuitive eating, I could not believe how much space I had in my head for the things that I actually loved. It was like all of this time just started to open up for me. And I started to delve into things like my hobbies, which is coaching and writing and speaking and reading was became such a big hobby. And I really, really started to delve into like spiritual practices and Mm. things that really lit me up now that I had the space for it. So healing your relationship with food or becoming an intuitive eater or like ditching the diet is only just a stepping stone for you to actually start really really living Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it is because these diets are getting in your way that's the one thing that's getting in your way from you to actually going out and taking what you deserve whether it's like a relationship or um, going after someone who right now you don't actually think that you're worthy of But the reality is that you are so worthy of that person right here, right now. You've just got all of this stuff clouding your way. I love that so much. And I can definitely personally relate and I can see this in so many people, just how consumed uh, obsessive eating can become. And just, yeah, it's literally constantly just playing on the mind and it doesn't leave space to focus on what you really want to be focusing on. And I feel like something that um, like I've had experience with and that I also see in a lot of clients and other people is when when we're so obsessed with food or eating or our weight or or our body in a negative light, it's most of the time it stems from this underlying fear that like we're not good enough how we look or how we feel or just not being good enough in some way and that feeling of not being good enough especially when we link that back to how our physical body appears it can really stop us doing a lot of things like it'll stop us pursuing a relationship it'll stop us public speaking because we don't want people to look at us it'll stop us doing so many things so not only does it take our focus away from things but it actually actively stops us from doing things we are thinking about as well so it's yeah it, it creates such an impact beyond just what we're eating yeah so I'm an intuitive eating coach but so much of what I do is self-love it's a lot of self-love teaching because if you can master that relationship with yourself it all kind of falls into place especially if we're on a diet we're kind of we're looking for all these health gurus or for this diet that's going to sit say this diet knows better than what I know and you're almost kind of like betraying your body you're saying shush up you know this knows better this health guru knows more about my body than I do and so it's kind of just getting clear on like that self-love component of coming back to your body and creating this relationship with yourself and your body so that you can come from a place of real service 
What are some of the self-love practices that you do with your clients or some starting points into real self-love? Yeah, so we do like a whole module just around self-love and confidence. And it's it's pretty much making loving yourself your absolute full-time job. You know, and so many of you are probably listening right now and they're like, but how, Alex, how do I, how do I love myself? And this was a question that I remember that I had um, back when I was kind of going through this. But it, it starts with your inner dialogue and the beliefs that you have about yourself. So one of the practices I get, I get my clients to do is to write down all the beliefs that they have around food, all the beliefs that they have around themselves, and then looking at it objectively and asking yourself what's true here and what's what's kind of a story mm-hmm. how you run your life is based on the quality of your beliefs or the story that you tell yourself so if you think about um your programming or what's going on in the background of your mind everyone's got this cd playing like little elevator music going on in their back in the back of their mind which i like to call their beliefs or their inner dialogue and if you really sat back and really listen to some of the things that you say to yourself you everything would start to make sense your behavior and how you're showing up in the world would start to make sense because you've got this elevator music or this inner dialogue saying things to you like you're fat you're ugly, you're not good enough. Um, How dare you do that? You should feel guilty for eating that brownie. You're not good enough to talk to that person. And this is the kind of dialogue or elevator music that people live their entire life with. So getting clear on some of these beliefs that you hold about yourself and flipping them on their head and really trying to understand what kind of beliefs are going to serve me and feeding yourself that because that's where it starts. It's all in the minds is where it begins. Mm. I love that. And there's so many different ways to feed ourselves. It's yeah, feeding with love and self-acceptance is so important yeah. in redefining our relationship with food and, yeah. and nutrition as well. Yeah amazing Um, work is also very very powerful um and it's something that people can take away from this live today and go and do straight away um and when i tell you you're probably going to feel quite uncomfortable doing this but just looking in the mirror and looking into your eyes and saying things like i love you i accept you and seeing how that feels if that feels really uncomfortable for you or if it moves you or if it um if it just doesn't feel comfortable there's, there's an issue there. You should be able to look at yourself in your eyes and say, I love you and I accept you and I'm here for you. And I remember when the very first time that I did this exercise, I kind of looked into my eyes like I was looking into an old friend, mm-hmm. someone that I had completely pushed to the side, didn't really matter. And then for the first time in so long, I was looking in their eyes and really truly seeing them and the pain that they that they felt and it was the first time that I had compassion for myself so consistently doing this over a period of time will bring you massive results yeah and you can also practice looking at your whole body in the mirror because sometimes especially if we're not comfortable in our body we want to disassociate from it but spend some time just really looking at your body 
and admiring it as a body and as a part that makes you who you are and you know you can touch your body like self-massage and yeah I feel like connecting with your physical presence is such an important role in loving our whole and complete being yeah there's no exchanges there's no refunds on your body like the body that you're sitting in right now is the only one that you will ever 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 get in this entire lifetime and the sooner that you can kind of understand that the more that you can cherish it and love it and see see what it does for you I heard someone say once that your body is a servant it's this one it's this thing that without your brain without your mind it would just be limp so it's this servant that does all these things for you, like picks up a cup or cooks you dinner or hugs your mum or your dad. And then we berate and sabotage this one precious thing that just wants to serve us. Yes. Love that perspective. Um, are there any other things you feel like you would like to talk about? Um, I think that that's the main, the main, the main ones is you know, if you are someone who is a chronic dieter or you struggle deeply around food or you, you know that your relationship with food is quite fractured, I can honestly tell you that if you can start to try and heal it or you really get clear on, on approaching yourself with self-love, your life will honestly start to change. And this is just like the catalyst. It's like the one little thing that if you start to invest more time and energy into healing will significantly impact the rest of your life, your relationships, your career, how you show up in the world will start to change. Yes, I love that. I think that's such a beautiful place to wrap us up with. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you have. I will post um, all your links if anyone wants to follow you, Alex. And if anyone watching the replay has any questions, um, comment and myself or Alex will get back to you. Thank you so much for being here. Do you have any final words you'd like to say? Just thank you all for having me. Um, and yeah definitely give me a follow or um, add me on Facebook because I'm always sharing free content that might help you if you're struggling in this area. Yes, amazing. Thank awesome. you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me online at by Rachel White or at The Gentle Podcast. You can reach out to me anytime. I would always love to hear from you. Have a beautiful day. Namaste.